That was Mason Crosby. What a difference a week makes. Of course, every day after a Packers game, we discuss Monday morning quarterback on a Tuesday. Joining me today, Doug Russell. We are, of course, sponsored by Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Steve. So lots of sports activity last night. And uh, for those of us flipping back and forth, I was at an event for the Brewers, of course, the watch party at Turner Hall. But when I got home, the remote got a, a very healthy workout. I don't have to replace the batteries today. But uh, for the Packers game, yeah. A tale of two halves, again, sort of. The defense not playing that well in the first half, only gave up six in the second half. I asked you this last time we did this. What <laughs> what should we make of this Packers team? We've got a new defensive coordinator. Some things don't seem to be moving in the right direction. I don't know that it's the coordinator. I, it might just be a lack of talent. And I've come to that conclusion because you look at the schemes that Mike Pettin is throwing out there, and they are different than what Dom Capers is doing. There's a little bit more movement. There's a little bit more um, aggressiveness. But the personnel largely left over from what Ted Thompson left Brian Gutekunst, the new general manager. Um, and certainly Brian had a part of that. He was in the, the, the scouting department for a long time. It's, it's, not, it's not that great. And when you have a lack of talent, you could be the best coach in the world and not win any games. Conversely, you could be the best coach in the world, coach these guys up to be something that they're not, and you still, because uh, of a lack of talent, might not get the desired result. So the fans' lament has been the same thing since the, the Super Bowl year. The defense, after a couple of years after they won the Super Bowl, the defense has slowly kind of degraded into this average squad. You say it's talent. It, I, I think that's certainly part of the story. Injuries have not helped, of course. We've lost some key players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some, some experience back with Tremont Williams. How, I guess the part that I understand is you play t- two halves of football. And in many of the games this year, the halves are distinctly different on defensive performance. And I understand teams do different things on offense mm-hmm. depending on where they're at in a game. Sometimes they have big leads, sometimes they don't. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out why there's this disparity between the, each 30 minutes of football. Yeah, join the club. Get in line. <laughs> we all are. I, it's, it's baffling, really, because offensively you can make adjustments based, like you said, on what the defense gives you. And, and what separates good teams from great teams, I think, are those those halftime adjustments. And not even halftime adjustments necessarily, but the in-game adjustments. Because that's what football is. It's a game of reacting to what the other team either gives you or doesn't give you and melding your personnel around that. And the Packers offensively, I think, have been better at that. Certainly they were great at that last night in the fourth quarter, at least late in the fourth quarter. But defensively, Again, I think, to me, it goes down to the reason that they brought Tremont Williams back. I guess it's twofold because, number one, yes, he can act as a mentor, but number two, I mean, he's a 35-year-old starting cornerback in the NFL. That's not necessarily a great recipe for success, and I know that Jair Alexander was one of the many inactives that the Packers had last mm-hmm. night because of injury, and, and that doesn't help because I think that he's had a pretty solid rookie season so far at least through the first six games and not having him on the field was definitely a detriment to them last night but again when it comes down to just not having enough playmakers on the field i think they're thin at linebacker to be honest with you they still need to get to the quarterback on a regular basis the defensive secondary is either very old in the case of tremont williams 
not the player that he was a couple of years ago in HaHa Clinton Dix, although he has had some big moments, or just young and inexperienced guys like J.R. Alexander and Josh Jackson and players like that. Let's talk about the offense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, I, I've, I've called him the greatest quarterback uh, in, that I can remember in the, in the last. Not, not. I know there's teams that are better. I know that Tom Brady's won five championships. Just the position player that Aaron Rodgers is. Look at his stats, and stats aren't everything, but they tell a story about this team who is three, two, and one. 12 touchdown passes, one interception, mm-hmm. almost 2,000 yards passing, and he's injured. Yeah. Does that not frame the, the talent that is Aaron Rodgers for, for all the fans and all, the, all of his teammates? One of a, a thousand snapshots, one of a million snapshots. I, I lament whether or not they have already physically carved the bust in Canton, Ohio, for him, or if they're going to wait a couple of years until he does retire to well, make it, it more representative. Like <laughs> well, I still maintain that Brett Favre looks more like Mason Crosby than it does Brett Favre. <laughs> exactly right. But nevertheless, uh, he is a generational talent. And the, the lament I think the Packers fans are having, and look, it's a fair criticism. You've got this generational talent that you haven't been able to get back to the Super Bowl. And again, every time I bring up the Super Bowl, I have to do it with the caveat that they barely made the playoffs Hmm. that year. They have not given the Packers as a whole, whether it's Ted Thompson. You can't put this on Gutekunst yet, but they haven't given Aaron Rodgers the team offensively and defensively because one guy can't do it alone. You can't just try to outscore everybody. They found that out the hard way in 2011 when they went 15-1 and and they got smacked in the first round or their first game of the playoffs in the divisional round against the Giants. Um, You need to build a team around a generational talent, and the Packers have been very poor at that. Do you think there's an opportunity before the NFL trade deadline to add talent on defense? I mean, if there's a guy out there that if, if... I, I just don't know who. I mean, I, I, I don't see someone that a team... The, the guy was Khalil Mack mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, and the Chicago Bears wound up with him. And the Packers, to Brian Gutekunst's credit, they were in on that, and good for them. I They need to be aggressive for players like that. I know Le'Veon Bell was brought up uh, as a running back possibility earlier in the season. You, you can have a great running back in the backfield. I know your the, the question was about defense, but you can have a great playmaker and just not, you know, run the ball. In in the case right. of a Le'Veon Bell, for example, um, on defense, look, this is a team that's got to get better. They've got to get younger. Khalil Mack would have been a great fit, I think, in that defensive uh, on that defensive line, uh, certainly as a as a pass rusher. But again, you. You try to figure out who's going to be available at the trading deadline, and I just don't see that that guy that that's out there right now. Doug Russell joining me for Monday Morning Quarterback, presented by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. My player of the game is going to be Aaron Rodgers, just from his incredible comeback at the end. Yeah, they they uh, kind of muddied around for a few quarters yesterday, and defense didn't uh, didn't show up until they needed to. But I, I have to respect the incredible talent that he is. He's my player of the game. Any different on your side? I'm going to go with Mason Crosby. He needed to have a, a bounce-back game, and that's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers. It's certainly not a knock on the three receivers that went over 100 yards, Adams, Graham, and uh, MVS. Uh, Equimania St. Brown, I, I kind of toyed with a little <laughs> bit as well. He only had one target and one catch. It's a big one. what a catch that mm-hmm. was. And maybe that spurs him on a little bit to have a good second half of the season as well because the Packers are going to need him. I think he's a, a talent that just has, hasn't even 
scratch the surface of what he can bring. But they needed to get Mason Crosby right after everything went wrong in Detroit. So Mason Crosby, uh, who kicked the game, it was only 27-yarder, but he also went over 50 on one as well, made four field goals last night and all of his extra points. Mason Crosby's my player of the game. All right, Doug Russell joining me for Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel Casino. After the break... We'll take your calls as well. Text if you'd like, 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line. Drive of the game. I think it's an easy choice, but uh, we'll see what Doug has to say. That's all coming up next right here on WTMJ. Two most common words, Doug, that uh, Larry McCarran says in the broadcast, yes, yes. and no. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. Right? With and, the same inflection. <laughs> and the same enthusiasm. Doug <laughs> right. Russell joining me for Monday Morning Quarterback, <laughs> sponsored by Potawatomi, Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Um, drive of the game. There's no doubt in my mind it's the drive, the winning drive. Aaron Rodgers led this team down the field. Uh, he he did it in the way that Aaron Rodgers does it. Some great passes, some great receptions by some of those younger receivers. You mentioned the the one on the sidelines, and uh, Devontae Adams stepping up. Mm-hmm. That's my drive of the game. Well, I don't think there's any any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end the mystery now. There we right? go. All right, so let's let's take a call. We got a call from Chicago. Mike from Chicago. You're on WTMJ. Good morning. Uh, hello, guys. Nice to talk to you again. I just saw. Uh... Uh, really disappointed with the play of the defensive line. I mean, they were pushed all over the field again mm-hmm. last night. And I like to ask Doug, uh, the loss of Muhammad Wilkerson would have made a, uh, much of a difference because they were really counting on him to get back to that Pro Bowl status and that dominating style that he had with the Jets. Because I, I agree with you, Doug. I think it's just a talent issue on the defense. And quite frankly, I don't know what can be done at this point in time. They, they've got two games against the Rams in New England that just – Man, good luck with that. They're going to need two Hail Marys no. from number 12 to pull them out. Yeah, I thought Kenny Clark... Thanks for the call, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I, I thought Kenny Clark played pretty well last night, um, so that would help the defensive line. Would Muhammad Wilkerson help? Sure, if he was the Muhammad, Muhammad Wilkerson of, what, two, three years ago, as opposed to the Muhammad Wilkerson of last year. There's a reason that the Jets cut him loose, uh, and... Part of that may have been because he thrived under Mike Patton when he was the Jets' defensive coordinator, and... The thought being the familiarity with the defense, the fact that he thrived under that type of defense and with those schemes that Mike Pettin brings to Green Bay. Unfortunately, we're never going to know because of the injury. Now, if he does come back next year, is healthy and fits into Green Bay's plans and fits into Mike Pettin's defense, maybe we'll get a better look at it. I think it's always advantageous to have healthy players, of course. So would he help? Sure, probably. You hope that was the hope, but to say it empirically, I, I mean, no one, no one can really know. Look at the defense uh, for me, Doug. So you have, I think, two things going on: one, not a great pass rush; two, a secondary that seem more like chasers than coverers. They, they, they uh-huh. they're not good at covering <laughs> and defending the pass. They, they let receivers catch the ball, and often they struggle to bring him down or even to to stop them. So which do you think is more important, that, that pass rush right now or getting some guys in the secondary that can actually cover? Well, I think both are important because one feeds off of the other, right? Uh, I think it's important to get pressure on the quarterback, certainly, and you wouldn't see as much, as much one-on-one. But when you also do rush the passer, of course, oftentimes you do take a player out of the seat. You can play with 11, right? 
Um, so if you do go after the pass rusher with an extra player, oftentimes you don't get a lot of safety help over the top, and that's what leads to long touchdown passes. So one goes hand-in-hand, hand really, with the other. Ultimately, you'd love to have both. Again, you've got one or two guys that are playing at a really high level, and then a couple of other guys, especially in the defensive secondary. I thought Kevin King had a nice game last yeah. night as well. Uh, he had a big interception. But not having Jair Alexander back there really did hurt them to you know, not have that guy who can win a one-on-one battle because when you do get pressure on the quarterback, oftentimes that's what you're asking your cornerbacks to do is to try to win those one-on-one battles without safety help coming up over the top. So, again, one one plays hand-in-hand with the other, really. Doug Russell joining me for Monday Morning Quarterback presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. Um, flipping back to the offense, Cobb has been out. Do mm-hmm. we... Um, do we kind of look at that offense yesterday and say... Yeah, they got it done, but with Cobb, they would probably have had a much easier time. I don't know if they had a much easier time. I mean, they had three receivers go over 100 yards. So you And Aaron Rodgers had, what, 425 yards passing last night. So would they have had an easier time? Maybe marginally, op- but... Let's look at it this way. Does it open up the offense so that maybe that threat opens up your running game? Maybe that's the way you should look at it. I don't know that Randall Cobb is much of a difference maker at this point uh, when, when other guys are starting to step up. When MVS starts to step up, um, I, I think that Randall Cobb's impact is somewhat negated. That's not to say that he doesn't help because Randall Cobb is still someone that Aaron Rodgers trusts. But as Randall Cobb gets longer and longer into his career, and he's going to be a free agent after the end of this season, you that's why they drafted three wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And... So far, we haven't seen anything from Jamon Moore, except for drop passes in the preseason. Equimani St. Brown had the nice catch on the sidelines. That was critical to the Packers' win last night. Maybe you can start to, to get him going, but MVS is the guy that's stepping forward and saying, look, I'm, I'm going to be that next guy, and maybe you don't need Randall Cobb. Would it make it easier, better? Sure. I just don't think very much at this point. How good is Devontae Adams? He's great. He's a great one. I mean, when top he, five in the NFL? No, not yet. He hasn't proven that yet. But he's you know Pro Bowl performer in the NFC. Um, you know he, he's not in that category. He's not an elite wide receiver if you're talking about top five in the NFL yet. But you know he's he's got an opportunity because of the quarterback that he has. If he stays healthy, that he can you know play his way into that. But he's he's not there yet. Doug Russell joining me for Monday Morning Quarterback presented by Potawatomi Hotel Casino after the break. Pack stat of the game, and I have a stat. It's actually record-breaking. I don't even know if you're aware of this, Doug. It involves Aaron Rodgers and a stat from yesterday's game. That's next. Monday morning quarterback, Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. More next right here in WTMJ. Packers' big win last night over the 49ers, 33-30. to Mason Crosby, last-second field goal. We've talked about the player of the game. We talked about the drive of the game. Here's a pack stat that I don't think a lot of people are aware of, and I, I got this off social media, so I think it's correct. But Aaron Rodgers, first NFL player in history with 400 yards passing in two consecutive games with zero interceptions. That's what? astonishing to me. Isn't that amazing? I think you're going to see more of that as the passing game continues to just open up further and further and further and further. But I'm I'm honestly blown away by that stat that that's never happened before. Because <laughs> all the games, the great games by quarterbacks in the NFL, and there have been many, especially in the last few decades, that's that's incredible. What do you got for me? 
Uh, stat of the game, I just think that for the Packers, the 425 yards that Aaron Rodgers put up uh, on in the air, three wide receivers that had over 100 yards, while Jimmy Graham a tight end, but nevertheless, he really needed to get going as well. And once you get more receiving options around, whether it's Randall Cobb or whether it is MVS, who, who is, as we were talking about in the last segment, uh, really stepping up. That's going to open things up for Jimmy Graham. He's been drawing a lot of double teams. He's been drawing a lot of attention, but he hasn't been drawing a lot of passes mm-hmm. so far. But last night, he really started to draw some passes, and that's what the Packers brought him in for. And I thought he had a really important game last night in some really big moments. Yeah, I'm not worried about Jimmy Graham. He'll, he'll show up. He'll be there for Aaron Rodgers. I think they have a nice rapport. Jimmy Graham's a, a quiet guy who just likes mm-hmm. to perform on the field. Um, looking forward now, we've got a bye week yep. and then two, two really tough games on the road. The Rams, uh-huh. und- I think they're still undefeated. Uh-huh. And then the uh, New England Patriots, uh-huh. always tough at home. What should we be thinking about as we go into the bye week and then getting ready for probably the two toughest games of the year. Enjoy the bye week with a win. <laughs> Just uh, don't try to think about what's coming up next and try to watch any given Sunday because that's that's the theme. Any given Sunday, any team. Most people just know any given Sunday as the, the statement. Mm-hmm. Well, it goes on. It's any given Sunday. Any team can beat any other team on any given Sunday. And that's got to be the theme for the Packers because they will clearly be underdogs in at least three of their next four games. Doug Russell, always good to chat with you. Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Good to see you. Good to see you, Steve. So uh, we got a win last night. We got a win for the Brewers, of course. Game three, shutout win. Three of six games now shutout. So we're going to spend some time after the news talking about that great Brewers win last night. It was a, it was a night of sports, I don't want to use the word hysteria, but just fandemonium, if I can use that term. Just incredible night to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Kind of healing the wounds from the Badgers' loss on Saturday, Brewers' loss, tough loss uh, uh, in that, uh, that come-from-behind win by the Dodgers. So last night was all about success. We're going to spend some time with some audio from the game. Uh, Ashton Rotman, great producer here at WTMJ, put together a nice montage of some of that. We'll have some player interviews as well. Greg Matzik working his butt off in California, getting it all done for the home team. We'll have some of his, uh, his great interviews as well. That's all coming up after the news right here on WTMJ.